Praise God. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning. Make a demand. Don't just come here and sit here and say, well, I came to church and now I'm going to hear and I'm going to kind of sort of pay attention. <laughs> Make a decision this morning that you are going to receive from the Lord today. In other words, he's got a word for you. I'm telling you right now, you're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. You're here because this is what the, the, the Lord had for you and you obeyed, whether you realize it or not. And so I want to encourage each and every one of you, pay attention. Make a decision that what I hear today, I'm going to act on, and it's going to change my life. Amen? I want you to say that with me. Say, the Word of God that I hear today is going to impact my life for the good. Amen? Amen. So that's what we believe. We didn't come here just to play church and play patty cake, you know. We came to come in the presence of God, to worship and honor Him together, and also to, to honor His Word. His Word is life to us. His Word is alive and powerful. And that Word we hear, we want to get on the inside of us so it can affect change in our life. Amen? And set us free and, and heal us and do everything it needs to do to, to you know, uh, be good in our life. Last week we started a series that I'm calling The Heart of Man. The Heart of Man. And uh, I've never really focused in this particular area other than to hit certain subjects, but I, I believe it's good for us. I know last week's message, as I meditated and studied and looked at things, it really had a, a, a profound impact on me all week long because I was very aware, and, and I hope you were too, of what I was taking in, what I was consuming. Remember, my challenge to you was to pay attention to what your eyes are seeing, what your ears are hearing, what your mouth is saying, what your thoughts are thinking. And these are so important to our life. Listen, your whole life is directed by this. And, and we'll, again, do a quick review uh, before we get into today's part. But this is going to be part two. We're going to call it Guard Your Heart Part Two. And so let's look at our main text, Proverbs 4.23. You can look on the screen. This is the Amplified. And it says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Last week, if you were here, I kept on saying vigilance. And Lisa was laughing at me. And I pointed out her laughing at me, and I didn't realize she told me afterwards, well, you kept on saying vigilance when you're supposed to be saying vigilance. No one else, maybe someone else heard it, I don't know. But anyway, it does say right here, I'm looking at it, vigilance. <laughs> okay, I can get my tongue to say that, vigilance. And above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So let's look at it again. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. So notice how he repeats guarding. For out of it, for out of your heart, flow the springs of life. Guard your heart above all else. Say that with me. Guard your heart above all else. So when God tells us to do something like this, we need to give attention. When God puts emphasis on something, He's not just, just using up words to fill the Bible. He's getting our attention. He's saying, listen, there's a lot of important things in life, but what He's saying is, hello, pay attention, keep and guard your heart above everything else. Because, and as we'll learn, our heart is connected to everything else. Another a version of this is keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the wellspring of life. Another version is, with all vigilance, keep your heart, for from it comes the source of life. The source of life. The source of our life is found in the heart of man. It is the gateway to life. And so, that's why it's so important. That's why God is saying, um, guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it's the source of your life. It is literally what determines the course of your life. How many of you are happy with everything in your life? Don't raise your hand. Because if anybody raised their hand, I'm like, well, you know, apparently you've arrived. You know, none of you have arrived, right? How many got room for improvement? Okay, if I could put my other leg up, I would too, but I can't, you know. 
The fact is, we all got room for improvement. We can all grow. We can all develop. And, and I guarantee you, if you really look at your life, you could probably find areas that I really wish were a little bit better than they are. I want you to know that you can fix those areas, but first of all, you have to fix your heart. You have to deal with your heart, okay? The heart of man is the source or outflowing of life. It determines the course of our life. Well, what is the heart of man? Again, we just went over this last week. The heart of man is the core or the inner man. In other words, the heart of man is the innermost being. It is the spirit of man. Uh, Without going into detail, the Bible says that we are a spirit and we live in a physical body and we possess a soul, a mind, will, and emotions. A lot of people are taught incorrectly and they believe that the spirit and soul are the same thing. You'll hear a lot of denominations or certain preachers refer to the soul and they're talking about the spirit. They're not defining it. How do I know that there's a difference? Well, if you want to write this down, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray that your whole body, your whole spirit, and your whole soul, okay, it separates all three of them, uh, be preserved blameless until Jesus comes back. Also, if we go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says that the Word of God can divide spirit and soul. And so, again, the soul is something man has, it's something he possesses, it's your personality. It is your mind, your will, and your emotions. But you are made in the image of God, and you are a spirit being, an eternal spirit being. God is spirit, and that's who you are. So if you could picture it this way, I use this as an illustration, and it helps, and that is picture an astronaut in a spacesuit. okay? We cannot send men out into space. They can't get outside um, the space station, for example, International Space Station, without a space suit. They have to. Why? Because the environment is not conducive to us. It's too cold. There's radiation issues. Uh, No air. That's a biggie. Okay. In other words, so what do we do? We put the man inside a space suit. Is the space suit the man? It's just something he's wearing that allows him to be out in space. Your physical body is something your spirit needs to be here on planet Earth. If I blow a hole through your physical body, guess what? You're gone. (laughs) In other words, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Meaning that if your body goes out, if, if something happens to your physical body and it physically dies, then you're not allowed to be here on Earth. You're either going one place or another, okay? And uh, hopefully everybody here is going with the Lord, amen? If you're saved, if you're born again, if you know Jesus, if you've received him as your Lord, well, then you know where you're going, amen? You're not afraid of death, right? I have absolutely no fear of death. Why? Because I know whom I belong, amen? I know where I'm going. But getting back to the heart of man, the heart of man is the spirit of man. It is the most important part of man. Scripturally speaking... The heart of man is the center of your life, okay? It is where everything comes out of. It's the most important part of you. Your heart determines everything about you, okay? Everything about you. How do I know that? Proverbs 27, verse 19, if you look on the screen in the New Living, says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. In other words, you are who your heart is. So who you are on the inside, your heart determines what you are, who you are, your character, the good things about you, the bad things about you. Everything about you is determined by your heart, okay? This is why our heart is so important. Listen to me carefully. Your heart is directly connected to your thoughts, your words, your actions, even your physical body is connected to your heart. This is why it's so important that we keep and protect our heart. Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, For as a man, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I like to say this because the he is talking about a person. So I like to say, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinks in his heart, say it with me, for as a man thinks in his heart, 
so is he. So whoever you are in your heart is who we see on the outside. Now you can try to deceive someone. You can try to lie. You can try to to play a part that you're really not. You might say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? Do Christians actually do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah! Everything is good! And boy, if you got behind their closed doors, you'd think, are we in a battle zone? Are we in Iraq? I mean, it's a mess behind their life. Boy, it's real quiet now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're not always what you perceive to be. I know, would you ever have a, your husband and wife have a big old fight in a car? If you had a gun, it would have been going off. Knives would have been thrown. I mean, things would have happened if you would have had the weapons. And then you'd come out, praise the Lord. I'm so glad to be in church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Apparently you have. My wife is cool, man. I mean, my wife, she can be yelling at me. Da, 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 da. Somebody calling the phone, Hello. And I'm thinking, wow! Now, I would have been like Larry. Yeah! I mean, because guys don't switch like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's amazing how she can do that, you know? Control. I'm thinking, wait a minute now. Don't you tell me you can't control your emotions. I just watched it. You were super cool, you know? But the fact is this, is that you know that person, the person we try to sometimes hide, you can't hide forever, can you? eventually it'll come out. How do I know? If I hang around you long enough, it'll come out your mouth. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Because Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And life is like this. Let's pretend your heart is a sponge, okay? What does a sponge do? A sponge absorbs stuff, doesn't it? And whatever it absorbs, it holds on to until it's what? squeezed so when life squeezes you so to speak what is on the inside of you is going to come out your mouth whether you like it or not and that's when you say i didn't mean to say that yeah you did you don't want to say it but you did it's like a guy who cusses when he gets hurt you blankety blank blank and then the preacher comes by and he's like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I never do that. Yeah, you liar. I mean, you probably do it a lot. You just don't do it around me, you know? I mean, <laughs> my pastor used to say, you know, you could you almost give this advice. He's like, when you're going to go visit a family, make sure you give them a little advance warning because they're probably going to want to put some things away and clean up and, and not have some things out, um, you know, just to give them a heads up. The last thing they want in the middle of something is a preacher walking in the door. No one knows what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying yet, yet anybody's doing anything wrong. You guys are all angels anyway, right? Little halos glowing off of you. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is that who we are, our heart determines who we are. Listen, our eyes, ears, thoughts, and what we speak are all gateways to our heart. What we watch, what we listen to, what we think on, and what we say are all ways we feed our heart. Let me say that again, because it's so important. What we watch, what we listen to, what we think on, and what we say are all ways that we feed our heart. The Lord, when I was putting the message together, I kind of wanted to move on to another area And man, I was just getting frustrated because I wasn't getting any direction on that. And that's because the Lord said, camp on this. They need to get this. This is important. Don't let go of this. And I knew what he was talking about. And so we're going to stay on that. I really want you to think about what goes into your heart. What do you allow in your heart? How many believe that Jesus doesn't think very highly of committing adultery how many would agree or maybe sexual sin how many would agree he, he, he's not he didn't think very, or maybe lying and cheating how many would agree murder is that up on the list too are, are these all things you guys would all agree jesus is not real thrilled with are, are you how many agree gambling right drinking drugs Uh, hurting people, right? Are these all bad things? Yet sometimes we're consumed with watching stuff, the very thing that Jesus wouldn't be thrilled with. We all just agreed. Y'all agreed with me. 
yet everybody loves a good mystery movie. And, and of course, that includes, well, why did he kill him? He killed him because he was committing adultery, and this one did this, and this one did that, or there were drugs involved, or this one was messing around with this one. And Isn't that a soap opera? I mean, and, and, and of course, they dress up the shows at night. In other shows, we don't want to call it a soap opera. That's a whole other level. I mean, so they dress it up calling it a drama. And we watch the drama, and this one's getting shot, and that one's getting his head blown up, and this one's committing adultery, and this is sexual sin, this pervert's doing this. And we're like, oh, well. And we all agreed. Now, I, this is what I want you to do. Next time you're watching a show like that, I want you to ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, you enjoying the show? Jesus, you want to watch this drama? <laughs> Boy, it's going to eat some lunches, isn't it? Y- y'all get where I'm going with this. We're consuming. We are a media. That's what we live for almost. Media in some fashion or form. If somebody's not watching it, they might be listening to it. They're hearing over and over in a country song how some loser lost his wife and lost this. and lost. Isn't that what country music's about? Or drinking and getting the girl and losing the girl and getting the girl and losing the girl, you know? That kind of thing. And we're, we're listening and we're listening and we're listening, but we all agreed these are the very things Jesus, I don't think, would listen to him. I think he would. Now, would Jesus be rude and say, that's it. I'm striking. I'm not going to buy the product that's supporting that. No, Jesus ain't going to do that either. Jesus would probably just quietly dismiss himself from the situation and say, I don't really want to be a part of that. You know? Because why? Jesus knew the value of feeding his heart. He knew that if I keep on consuming this stuff, it's getting into my heart and it's impacting me. Why do we think that, I want you to think about this for a moment. And this, the Lord showed me this the other day, and I believe we all understand it, but I want you to see this. And I believe the Holy Spirit will help me get it across. If you had an enemy, the best strategy for that enemy to, to of impact you would be what? A very dramatic, big punch out blow at one time? Or would it be better to slowly work in your life where you don't even know he's working? And he's slowly underpinning things in your life. He's slowly impacting things. And he, you notice how a, a, a watched pot never boils? Or you can keep a frog in a pot for a long time until you kill him. But he won't notice the change because it's so subtle as you're turning up the temperature and it slowly comes to a boil. He doesn't recognize it. He doesn't know it because his body gets used to it. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just making a point. You'll get what I'm saying. In other words, the enemy in our life is subtle. He's not stupid. He's not just going to come right out and start, what he wants to do is work subtly in the background. Let me give you an example. In America... Have, would we all agree that morals have changed? If we went back 50, 60, 70 years, things were different than they are now. Now, I'm coming up to 50, okay, very, very shortly, all right? I've lived enough life in my own life to see that. Having children, raising them up, and seeing the difference between what I knew at a certain age and what they knew at a certain age, what they were allowed to experience. And the fact is, my kids grew up in a Christian home. (laughs) I didn't. And yet, even in that Christian home, in the world, they were submitted to things that I would never have dreamed of when I was younger. Now, how did America, this corruption, this perversion of morals happen? Very, very slowly. I want you to think about it for a minute. It didn't happen and go from one extreme to another. It was this little undercut. Let's get God out of the school system. Let's stop prayer in schools. Let's stop this. Let's stop that. And that pulls some things away. Morals begin to slip. And then we begin to pull this, and we begin to pull this, and we begin to pull this. And over time, what was acceptable, has, or the boundary, was moved from here. Now it's way over there. And we're like, how in the world did it get from here to there? 
Well, it happened over time. Let me help you understand this. If I were in a plane, okay, and I wanted to fly from, let's say, here to Oklahoma City, well, what I would do is I would put in the information to give me the direction on that plane to go whatever the degrees are to go from where I'm at to Oklahoma City. Okay. Now there's other things we need to get involved in. There's headwinds, all kinds of different things that affect that. But let's say there's no wind issues at all. Okay. So I'm going to put in whatever degrees from here to Oklahoma City. But let's say my equipment is off by just a half a degree. Do you know how far I'll miss Oklahoma City by the time we get near there? I am way off. Why? Because what seems like a little thing now gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And and the farther you go, the more time that gets passed, the farther and farther and farther and farther and farther it goes. Everybody see what I'm saying? That's what we've seen. The enemy has worked in our life by allowing ourselves to the point of watching anything, listening to anything. Everybody else is doing it. Isn't it sad that the church world has the same statistics regarding divorce than the world does? The same. What does that say? We're not that separate. We're not that different. We have been influenced by the world. The world is and wants to influence our life. Well, guess who is running, so to speak, in the background, the world? The enemy, Satan. He's the one that is subtly in the background. He doesn't want to be seen. He wants to be... In fact, you know what the enemy wants you to believe? Oh, there's no... He's a guy in a pitchfork, you know, with the horns and the tail. He's laughable. That's ridiculous. There ain't no devil. That's what he wants you to think. And boy, has he done a good job. Hasn't he done a great job at blaming God for everything? God gets the blame for every disaster, every issue, everything that we got going on. No one bothers to open their Bible to see what the Bible says about these things. That God's a good God. That He's the one that's our answer, not our problem. But see, the enemy's done a masterful job in the background of just messing with things. Why? We have swallowed the pill that He was feeding us. Is it important what we watch, what we listen to, what we think about? You, you see what I'm saying? He's working. Our enemy is working. We have a real enemy. And he's trying to infiltrate our heart. And if he can infiltrate our heart, then he infiltrated our life. And that's what we're talking about, how important this is. So let's real quickly look at guarding. The Bible says to guard our heart, keep our heart, okay? The word guard means to watch over, to protect. We're to patrol. We are to shield. We are to keep secure. We are to keep our heart safe. And we're to do this diligently. Everybody say diligently. What does diligently mean? All the time. We don't take a vacation from it. We are consistent about watching over it. Why? Because our heart's the most important part of us. It's it's the part of us that is the most value. Let, Let me say it this way. Your heart is the master control center of your whole life. If your heart is wrong, your whole life will be wrong. If your heart is poisoned, your whole life will be poisoned. So it's important. I want you to think about it. Most of you, if not all of you, have valuables, valuable paperwork. You know, it could be passports. It could be paperwork on your home, car, etc. And you might keep it in a small safe that's fireproof. Why? Because it's valuable. You want to protect it. You want to keep it. You might even put it in a safe location or have copies of it. If not, maybe you should, (laughs) you know. But the fact is, is that Everything that we consider valuable or extremely valuable in some cases, uh, for example, in a bank, what do they do? They put it in a vault and not a little safe, okay? I mean, we're talking a vault that, that it would take a bomb literally to open up. 
I mean, they are protecting. In some cases, if there's lots of valuables in it um, that are extremely valuable, what will they do? They'll post guards on top of the vault and got cameras everywhere and alarms and all kinds of things to protect things. Why? Because they're important. There's nothing on this planet that is more valuable than your heart. Yet it seems like the thing that we just take for granted. Why? I can't see it. Will you see the results in your life? And again, I ask you, are you happy with everything in your life? Or are there some things that you really wish could be better? It all comes back to your heart. And therefore, you want to keep it secure. We should have guards and barricades over our hearts. We should be filtering what comes in. We must keep guard over what we allow in our heart. We can't just listen to anything. We can't just watch anything. If we consume, listen carefully, if we consume poisonous material, that poison will get in our heart. Remember, everything in your life flows from your heart. Let me give you an extreme example right from the Bible. Remember when God flooded the earth. He started over with Noah and his family. God did this because the Bible says the hearts of mankind were so evil, so perverted, so dark and twisted, that every single thought they had was perverted. There was nothing good at all, whatsoever. And what did he do? He destroyed an entire civilization because they had heart trouble. How do I know that? Look with me at Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now look, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That means every man, woman, and child, every single one of them were just evil, 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 evil. That was the only thought, the only intent, the only, everything was messed up. And God saw this and he realized, i got to clean this up. And the only way to clean it up was to get rid of them all and start over with the man named Noah and his family. So think about that. An entire civilization wiped out because of the heart of man. The heart. This is how powerful our hearts are. Again, everything in our life is directly connected to the heart. Let me give you another illustration that all of you, I believe, can relate to. Anybody here ever been offended? If you don't raise your hand, this is an opportunity to raise your hand. You don't need to tell me who, but anybody here ever been offended? Okay, sure you have. If you've got family, you have, for sure. I mean... Everybody here has had an opportunity to get offended. Now, let's say you have a really good friend, okay? And let's say they're a Christian friend, and they backstabbed you. They did some bad things behind your back. They talked about you. They gossiped about you. They twisted some things, lied about some things, maybe to cover themselves. Who knows why? But they did it. And a little bit later, you find out about it, and you feel betrayed by your friend. Not only that, they're a Christian friend on top of it. You would expect more out of them. You'd expect some loyalty and faithfulness. And it hurts. It hurts bad. Not only did your friendship uh, was betrayed, but also your reputation. In other words, they did some things that, you know, you ever notice how bad negative gossip moves around a lot faster than good things? When's the last time you read in the paper, wonderful, good things on the front page about something? No, it's always the bad stuff, like on the news. Bad, 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 bad. One little thing in page whatever, or 15 minutes into the broadcast. Let's give you a real quick picture of a doggy being saved. Okay, let's go back to the bad news, you know. I mean, the fact is, is that you are hurt. Now, you have two choices here, all right? One is to forgive that person and the other is to not forgive and let it fester and talk about it and think about it and talk about it and think about it. Now, in those two things, again, with those two choices, one is if you choose forgiveness, you know it impacted your relationship, and I'm not implying it's easy to forgive. 
okay? You can do it, but sometimes it's difficult. It's challenging, but it can be done because God's love is in your heart. And so you choose to forgive. Now, what are you doing when you choose to forgive? Well, you're obeying God's word, and what are you doing? You're guarding your heart. What am I guarding it from? Bitterness. I'm guarding it. I don't want that. I want love in my heart. I want my heart to be tender, as the Bible says, sensitive to the Lord, not begin to harden up. Remember Pharaoh? What happened all the time? His heart got hard. He wouldn't forgive. He wouldn't let go. Well, the other choice, again, you can choose to forgive and guard your heart. The other choice is you choose not to forgive. You just, it's unforgivable. And so you begin to allow this to build in your life. And it won't just sit there. Because it's a seed. It's a root of bitterness that was planted in your heart. And that's going to grow. And it's going to develop. And it's going to begin to swallow your life. Now, remember what I said. Your heart is directly connected to everything in your life. That root of bitterness will begin to tap so many seeds in your life and so many things grow that that bitterness, that wickedness, that unforgiveness will begin to impact every area of your life. And I mean every area. Your marriage, your relationship, your children, your grandchildren, your finances, your physical body. Every area is going to be impacted. Why? Because there's poison in your heart. And that poison is going to directly impact. It's going to ruin things. It's going to corrupt things. And it's going to make it even harder. You have to deal with things in your life. You must guard your heart. In a marriage, this is a good example. In a marriage, if you've been married any any period of time, you understand that opportunities for problems are going to occur. You know, they're going to happen. My wife and I had our first argument at the altar while we were getting married. It was over a silly thing, and it was no big deal, but we literally had our first little, little thing. Then we got, when, we got, when we were done, we went back to the house real quick before we were going to take off, and all I cared about was pulling all the money out of everything. Let's go! And my wife's like, no, we have to go ahead and write everybody's names down for thank you cards. If they gave it to us, don't worry about it. Let's go! You know, and anyway, she won. You know, I waited. <laughs> Wasn't going to go without her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but my point is, is that over time, you learn that there's, there's give and take. There's times that um, I just got to humble myself. I could be right, wrong, or otherwise. I'm just going to take the hit. Why? I love my wife. I don't want that between us. My wife and I, I can say over all these years, never, ever, ever, ever went to bed mad. Now, we've stayed up really late sometimes and, and fixed it, but I refuse to allow a seed of bitterness. Why? I saw it in so many people. And it, you know what? I, sometimes I don't care whose fault it was. It's not worth it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to drop yourself on the sword. And just take one for the team. Why? I'm the head of the house. And I'm not going to allow this thing to steal my wife. I'm not going to allow the devil to come in. See, that's what he's doing. He's coming in, manipulating the situation, trying to tear us apart. But you can't. You've got to guard your heart. But you can't guard your heart if you're not conscious of walking in love, walking in forgiveness. What makes you conscious of walking in love and walking in forgiveness? Hearing the word all the time, right? hearing the word, getting it in your heart, that helps you be aware of guarding your heart. This is why we must guard our hearts. Our life depends on it. Listen to this carefully. All other responsibilities pale in life in comparing to guarding our hearts because our heart affects everything we are, everything we say, and everything we do. If you want to change your life, then change your heart. What are you putting in your heart? So let's look at, real quickly, how do we guard our hearts? How do we actually guard our hearts? Well, we must guard all the entrances to our heart through, again, what we allow ourselves to watch, what we allow ourselves to listen to, what we allow our thoughts to dwell on, and what words we speak. And many of you are thinking of negative things, right? 
You're thinking, well, I, I shouldn't watch negative things. I shouldn't listen to negative things. And that's good, but we still need to feed our heart. So what do we need to do? We need to not feed it negative things and bad things and feed it good things. Let me ask you this. How many would agree this day and age marriage can be difficult? I mean, staying in tune, keeping it going. Yet, if we consume material that's constantly talking about divorce, that's constantly talking about one person's needs over the other, that's constantly talking about negative things, constantly talking about affairs, constantly talking about these other things, isn't that exacerbating the situation? That's not helpful. That's, that's made, why, listen to me. I want you to stop and think, every single one of you. Listen to me carefully. All right? Say, I'm listening, Pastor. Every single wrong thing you've ever done started with the what? A thought. What is a thought? A seed. And when that seed is planted in your mind, if you don't deal with it, what, what does a seed do? What's a seed's purpose? To grow. To grow. There are people that never would have imagined that they would have done some of the things they've done just a year or two ago. I mean, there are, there are people I know who messed up their marriages seriously by you know, one of them getting off and connecting with someone else. And I, I knew them. I'm thinking, I was around them. I'm thinking, we thought the same, or at least I thought. I mean, we would preach at each other. We would talk to each other about the Word and, and do things and work side by side. And yet, then you find out that. You're like, man, I guarantee you. You remember the Columbine? Anybody remember back when, when they, you know, that first real shooting? One of the things they discovered about those two boys is, yeah, they were messed up. Yeah, they had a lot of problems and probably a lot of family problems. I guarantee you they didn't grow up in the normal American home. But one of the things that they, they observed that they did a lot is they played a lot of shooter-kill games, a lot of them. And, boy, they're a whole lot more realistic now than they were then. I mean, they're so realistic the military uses them you know, <laughs> to do things. But the fact is, is that they would constantly play these games, constantly shooting things up, and they had bitterness. I mean, I'm telling you, you can just see the devil just, just sowing seeds in that and sowing seeds, and they were fertile soil for it. And they were, there was certain uh, certain movie thing, if I remember correctly, that had a lot of killing, a lot of, you know, that kind of thing, and they would watch it over and 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 over you think that impacted them some? Now, was it the source? No. Did it make them do it? No. I mean, most of you have seen zillions of murders on TV over the years. You have. None of you have gone out and murdered anybody, have you? <laughs> you didn't. Why? Well, it doesn't make you do it, but does it feed it? Does it help? If you already got a problem and there's something in your heart and you keep on feeding it and you keep on feeding it and you keep on feeding it, I guarantee you, there's a lot of guys that never would have believed they would have committed adultery at one time. Well, the problem is they kept on feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding. You know what I'm saying? Is our heart important to us? What we put into us? Absolutely. We need to guard our heart. Well, God knows this. He knows that our heart is swayed by what we fill it with, by what we consume with our eyes and ears, thoughts and words. And that's one of the reasons He gave us His Word. He gave us His Word so that we could fill our heart with His Word. Now, what is His Word? Well, Hebrews chapter 4 says God's Word is alive and powerful. And Jesus said, I believe it's John chapter 4, 6, I can't recall. He said that his words are spirit and life. God's word is supernatural. There's something about it that's much different than just any old word. And what he's saying is if you get that word in your heart, it'll change everything. That's what we need to be able to do this. How do I know this? Well, I know this. His word, let me say it this way, his word is spiritual food for our heart and it will give us the spiritual nutrition we need to live a victorious life. 
Let me say it this way. I want you to really listen to this. If our heart is filled with the life of God from His Word, then every area of our life is filled with the life of God. Because everything outflows from our heart. You see that? If you want to improve every area of your life, improve your heart with His Word. And that will impact every area of your life. We need to guard our heart by filling it with God's Word and obeying His Word. Now notice I said something very specific. Not just hearing His Word, what do we need to do? We need to be a doer of His Word, right? We need to act on His Word. Do what His Word says. So we take it in and we do it, and that Word will help set up security for our heart. That Word will help barricade. It will filter what comes in, because guess what? If you're all pumped up on God's Word, you're going to have a hard time sinning, aren't you? How many of you would just pop open a beer and smoke a cigarette in church right now? Why? Why? You'd feel really uncomfortable, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd feel awkward and, 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 you know, right? You'd just feel out of place, you know? That'd be like me walking into uh, a place where everybody's, you know, smoking crack or meth or something else and just hanging around it would just be really out of place it would be wrong right you'd notice that you know that's why sinners aren't bombarding churches you know after doing a bunch of things you know that night what do sinners do by the way sin so don't be surprised that's what sinners do it's natural you know it's when they get saved that their heart will change And you won't want to do that. Many of you in this room were smokers at one time. You may have drank. You may have done a lot of different things. But what happened? You received Jesus and what happened to you? It impacted your heart. And you began to lose those desires for certain things. Right? Well, let me show you in God's Word how God's Word impacts our heart and changes our life. Look with me at Psalm 119. We're going to look at an ESV version, English Standard Version, verses 9 through 11. Now, I want you to see something really neat. How can a young man keep his way pure? Now, stop right there. Make that go away, okay? How can a young man keep his way pure? Now, isn't that the question? Because how many know young men can have a difficulty with that? Any men say amen? Thank you for your honesty. When I don't know about, I mean... When I was 16, 17, 18, there was only one thing on my mind, okay? And that was just a hormone-raged guy who's just, it's, it's, it's a very powerful, potent thing. And then you mix it in this world with everything that's coming at you. No wonder it's hard to keep pure. No wonder it's, it's difficult to, to not give in to certain things. Am I, am I reaching everybody here? I mean, now, I'm not saying the women are innocent. Oh, no. I mean, but the Bible uses a man, okay? But, or a young man. But the fact is, is that, how, I want you to think about that for a moment. How can a young man, everybody pay attention, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old who's got the hormones raging, his body's, things are happening, you know, He's being bombarded with things that are not helping the situation any, but he honestly wants to live for the Lord. How does he do it? I mean, how does he get past this? Many of them don't make it. But I want you to notice what the Word gives us, all right? Let's look here. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. By guarding it according to what? The Word, His Word, God's Word. That's how we'll guard our heart. Now notice what it says, verse 10. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. In other words, let me not wander from your Word. Okay? You see what he's saying here? He's saying guard your heart with His Word. Don't wander away. Don't take vacations from His Word. Be in it all the time. Then look at verse 11. I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, what's the potential here for all of us? 
Everybody say sin. All right? That's the issue. What is sin? If you really look it up, it just means missing the mark. I I meant to go here, I meant to do right, and I missed it. (laughs) I'm shooting an arrow, and I missed the target. All right? That's sin. That's what sin is. All right? Don't, Don't make it any more than that. It's missing the mark. Okay, it's not hitting the intended target. Well, I want you to think about that with a young man in this situation. How can he not sin? Because that's the thing that a lot of us, I don't want to fall into sin. I want to guard my heart. Right. If I don't guard my heart, what is available to me? Sin. And what is sin? Separation from the Lord. You broke fellowship. You've all done it. You did something wrong. You knew it was wrong. You felt it on the inside. Man, I, I don't feel right. And then what's the first thing you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to hide. What's the first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned? Hid. And nothing's changed yet. When someone sins and they don't fix it, they go from the first row to the second row, third row, the fifth row, ninth row, whatever, and then out the door. (laughs) Why? Because they haven't repented. They haven't got rid of that sin. And you can't stay around God and stay in sin at the same time. It just doesn't work. You want to fix that sin. How do we fix that sin? Everybody say 1 John 1.9. I want you to remember to say it again. 1 John 1.9. One more time. 1 John one nine. What does this say? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you blow it, man up. Just don't try to snow God like He didn't see it. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? God can see right through you. Everything. All the thoughts and intents of your heart. And we try to snow God and play like we, we're cool. Maybe He didn't notice <laughs> that's dumb you know let's just be honest man up and say lord i blew it don't say i didn't mean to you did too just say i blew it i'm sorry i messed up i shouldn't have done that i didn't want to do it i did it anyway and i i blew it you know and when you do that you receive his forgiveness he wipes it out you're clean just like the blackboard you know it's all gone and move on Amen. You don't have to stay there. Protect your heart. Listen to me carefully. Notice I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What do we need to do in order to not to guard our heart and not sin, to not give into it? We need to what? Store his word in our heart, right? Everybody say store it. Another version says this. I have treasured your word in my heart. Well, what's a treasure? It's a store. It's, 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 a, it's a bank thing. I put my treasure in it. I, I, I guard it. I keep it. I put it inside. Another one says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart. So how do we store God's word in our heart? Because that's the answer to guarding our heart. How do we do that? Look with me at Proverbs chapter 4. And again, the answer is around the verse that we've uh, been focusing on. Starting with verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. So what is the Lord saying? Pay attention to me, what I'm saying, not what someone else is saying. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. And which you're reading them, you're keeping them in your thought life. Look what it says. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they... My words bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Listen to me carefully. God's word is life. And His word in our hearts brings that life throughout every aspect of what we think, what we do, and what we say. What he's saying here in this scripture is he's reminding us, listen carefully, to read God's word, to listen to his word, to meditate on his word, to confess his word, to memorize and think on his word. And that word will become life and health to us and it will protect us and lead us. It will give us what we need to live a victorious life. Protecting your heart, as I mentioned, is your highest priority in life. I really want you to see that. It is so 
vitally important. Again, I ask, do not raise your hands. How many want to see change in your life? How many want to see your marriages better than they are? How many want to see your relationship with your children better, or grandchildren, or your finances, or your health, or any area of your life? You think of it. Or are you just satisfied with just the way things are? You know, it's just my lot in life, and I'm just going to live this way. Man, I don't know about you, but Jesus gave a whole lot for me to live a victorious life. He paid a very high price, and I think we ought to honor that. Amen? Let's all stand. I really want you to get a hold of this. Your heart, listen, your heart determines the course of your life. Everything about you. Fill your heart with God's Word, and your life will be filled with the life of God. Fill your heart. That's why Proverbs 4 says, it, it, what it's implying is read it. Listen to it. You come to church, you get in a good church where you hear the Word. Did you hear the Word this morning? Amen? You, 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 you heard the Word. Now your challenge is what? To do it. Okay? To do it. You need to be hearing it and challenged to do it all the time. Because if you're not, you'll get lax in it. And you might hear some things here and there, but no one's pressuring you to do it. I don't know about this, this church anyway. We pressure to, to do it, right? To act on it. And then as we do that, as you meditate on the Word, how do you meditate on the Word? There's so much confusion about that. You meditate on the Word by simply uttering it to yourself over and over. For example, if you took a scripture like guard your heart above all else, for out of it proceed the sources of life, I would just sit there for maybe five minutes. i get quiet, nothing around me, and I would just say over and over that I'm to guard my heart above all else. To guard my heart above all else. For out of my heart is the source of life. And I would repeat this quietly to myself over and over and over. What am I doing? I'm hearing it, right? I'm thinking on it. And these are all gateways to my heart. When I read the Word, when I listen to the Word. And see, what we need to do, guys, is increase our level of the Word in our life. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing now, bump it up a notch. Bring it up a notch, and that word will begin to infect every area of your life through your heart as you feed your heart. Amen, and do it.